0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Essex by the Sea. I'm Owen Ward, exploring the Essex coast, finding out about the amazing and interesting stories it has to offer. Before meeting my guests, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe on your favourite podcast app and don't forget to tell your friends about Essex by the Sea and encourage them to subscribe too. For this episode, I'm joined by John Rawls and Trevor Batchelor, who are the chair and vice chair of the Perfleet-on-Thames Community Forum. Thanks very much for joining me on this episode. Starting our conversation with you, John, what, what's the purpose of the forum, first
1: of all? The forum was started in about 2002, uh, and the main objective was to give the community of Perfleet a direct link, or bridge if you like, between the community and the council and partners. It was to enable uh, members to be able to have a say about issues that may affect where they live. Our biggest member, I'm going to say now, is uh, Perth Centre Regeneration Limited, who are the lead in the um, massive regeneration project of Perth Leap.
0: You talk about the regeneration there. Um, th- there is a lot going on in Perfleet and and we'll sort of unpick uh, some of that uh, in in just a moment. First of all though, is is Perfleet quite a a tight-knit community at the moment?
1: Uh, It's very fragmented because over the years uh, it was predominantly industrial. The main employer was um, Perfleet Ballville that made uh, cardboard Uh, and of course we had the uh, cement factory but they've steadily moved out. We used to have a um, a quarry, and uh, that's now an industrial estate, predominantly logistics. But now, now that we're starting the regen, all, all that is going. But you've got three main developments within the confines of what's now perfectly on Thames, and. Uh, they're all fragmented mainly because there's nothing in them. They're just flats and houses with a little bit of green but no infrastructure.
0: I suppose we should just highlight sort of where Perfleet is for those that, that perhaps aren't familiar. It's to the it's to the west of the M twenty five. Uh, on on the banks of the River Thames, but with the the old A13 and and actually the new dual carriageway uh, to the north. So it's sort of in a bit of a wedge of land, isn't it? Sort of a quite tightly packed triangle. And as you mentioned there, John, uh, you know, surrounded by industry and and certainly a rich uh, industrial past. Trevor, looking at that past then, I suppose the opportunities now for uh, the regeneration are are huge with, with those industries moving out. Let's take a step back and and look at the sort of the past of of Perfleet and and how we've got to where it is today. How did sort of the town evolve and and develop over time?
2: The first sign of Perfleet, although the name was different in those days, came about the uh, early 13th or late 13th century, you know, the 1280s, something like that. And that's when the first records that we can find of uh, Perfleet as an actual individual place. It appears that the uh, the reason of the area starting to grow was the chalk business or lime business. It was quarried in the very early days. If you travel down the river from London to where we are on both sides of the river, you would have seen chalk embankments like when you arrive at Dover. And that has slowly been whistled away. That sort of more or less carried on right the way through up until about the 1850s, Perfectly started to get visitors coming, and we used to get people coming from London, particularly on bank holidays, where the population grew here to a few thousands, which is even today that's quite a very high figure. In 1920, uh, the Whitbread sold off their estate and that resulted in all the industry that John was talking
0: about. Superfully over the years and and over the centuries, has from what you've just described, really been a, a continuous change. One of the changes that, that happened quite recently in 2020 was actually its own name. And uh, we've alluded to the name change uh, a little bit already on the podcast. So... It went from Perthley to Perthley-on-Thames. How, how did that come about?
2: The name parks back to over 100 years ago when postcards were being printed. In those days, the area was known as Perthley-on-Thames. Not officially, but it was called that. The governor of the Royal Hotel put on his 1911 census the name Perthley-on-Thames. He printed postcards as well. I dare say it might have been a marketing ploy in his day to get the name taken forward back in 2017 in november made a concerted effort to say let's get this done and eventually 4th of july this year finally happened we are now officially perfectly on temps
0: trevor i'm gonna to have, to, have to ask you before we move on and, and while we're talking about names am i right in thinking that perfectly possibly got its name from elizabeth the looking at a battle-scarred uh, fleet of ships
2: uh, only if you read what's written <laughs> and it's it's things that were said in the past but in reality no
0: and john looking then at the regeneration for for the town there, there's big plans and and you know it, it really is going to change the face of the town and and actually the, the the community around it can you talk us through some of the the plans that are in place and and uh, what the developers and everybody's hoping for
1: Firstly, I must emphasise that the name change was done for Perfect Contenders and its existing community. It wasn't done, as some people seem to think, for the benefit of the regeneration company. So in Botany Quarry, uh, which is the centre of where the the new town centre is going to be, they're going to build a new TV studio and a new film studio. And then we've got a town centre, which will have a supermarket, a new integrated health facility. In addition to that, we've got a kilometre of riverfront, which is going to be opened up for public use, where we're going to have eateries and drinkeries. And my vision is a bit like Catherine's Dock, but instead of being square, it'll be long. There will also be a new railway station. So it's a far-reaching 15-year project. Within the Perfleet on Thames Community Forum, we've got a perfect centre community design group. We're now meeting once a month with the developers, discuss plans and the way forward to uh, ensure that what we get is what we want. Because over the, the previous three years, we've met, we've had workshops, we've talked, we've designed, we said, this is what we want. No, we don't want that. We don't want orange buildings. We want them green. All that sort of thing, so that there's real community input. The thing is that you go into new developments and you look at them and you think, who thought of that? Whose idea was that? It's horrible. So hopefully, with our involvement, we will be able to ensure that it is what we want. And my vision is, as it progresses, if someone can look round as they're walking down a new high street and say, look at that, that was my idea, then I think we have done our job. And to me, that is what it's all about.
0: And and I think you hit the nail on the head there. In terms of uh, new developments, uh, often these are, are done, put in, developed, designed by people who are not local. Uh, who perhaps don't know the area as intricately as as those that obviously live there and as you say you know you end up with something which looks nice on paper but but the practicalities and and everything you know perhaps not quite there from what i'm picking up from our conversation on this episode of the podcast is that actually you know you are embedded in that development uh, of of the town which then surely is, is gonna you know as a community will reap benefits once once the the project is is complete and and you've got... Got a, a swanky new uh, looking perfectly on Thames.
1: Well, that's that's the idea. It's all about having the community on board because it's better for the developer if everybody agrees with what they want to do uh, rather than them spending thousands of pounds putting it to the council. And I must add at this point the council are 100% behind direct community engagement. And this is quite groundbreaking, really, because as you rightly say, developers don't ask the community. And if they don't, they say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Everybody says, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And that's the person starts you, you have a saying what you think. And, of course, it's not then until you get to planning that the community say, we didn't agree to that, we don't want that, and then the planner has to go back. Well, this way, the idea is that they don't have to go back because when it goes to planning, Everybody, but everybody is in agreement. So it's potentially a win win. Might take a bit longer, but we know what we want, and we know what we've got in the minute is not what we want. So we've seen the mistakes of four big developments that the only people that actually benefit from it is the people that have managed to buy properties. But for the people who already live here, it's of no benefit to us whatsoever because there's no facilities which is what we need.
0: And finally then, once the, the work has been completed and, and uh, everything is, is built, what do you hope that it will do for Perfleet on Thames?
2: It, it will, without a doubt, put the area on the map for the people that live here and people that want to move here. If you think about it, we are 16 and a half miles from London, right on the river. We've got two airports, within 45 minutes of us. We've got two massive shopping centres within 15, 20 minutes, assuming the M25 uh, going across the bridge is not blocked up, which is uh, quite frequent at the moment. We've got the M25 with access to Europe. You know, the location itself is ideal, and if this was in the centre of London, this will be sort of like million euro without a doubt. It's it's not about that, though, but it's about having All this easy access to Europe, to London, around Essex, in Kent, everywhere, it's so easily accessible and we'll be having a a new town to do it. It's not going to be just grey boxes, you know, it's going to have an arty feel if if the development pans out the way that it is planned, giving it a more relaxed feel. There's new green spaces, the way they empty the bins. We're not going to have loads of bins sort of dangling around the streets. you know, different waste management. Just everything is going to be a little bit for the future that people will be able to have now within the next 10, 15, 20 years' time. So it's a very positive sort of future to look forward to.
1: We want the area to be a place where people want to come will go away and say to other folks, have you been to Perth Perfleat on Thames Lake? It's a fantastic pace. And again, just final point with the river, we are also looking at having the Thames Clipper, having this as a point of boarding, so we're gonna hopefully get that thing as well. And then people won't be saying perfect. Where the hell's that? This is all part of the vision to put us on the map with the name change, the new build, and make it a place where people want to go and come back and live.
0: Well, exciting times ahead for for Perfleet-on-Thames and and I can just imagine actually a boat ride from Perfleet-on-Thames down into London. That would be a very nice commute, to be honest. So uh, Trevor and John, thank you both for for joining me on, on this episode. Pleasure. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Next time on Essex by the Sea. Do you remember the TV programme Heidi High?
2: I was in St Bridge. was Tesco's or one of those other supermarkets the other day, with uh, with my my white hair now and my mask on, and uh, and this girl stopped dead in her tracks and she said, well, "I bet you get sick of people saying Heidi Hi to you." And I said, "I'm surprised you recognise me with all this on." She said, "You haven't changed. You don't look any different." I said, "For the sake, you know." So I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm very proud of it. Very proud to have been part of it.
0: Actor Jeffrey Holland, who played the character Spike Dixon in the sitcom, joins me in conversation about his time filming in Dover Court*. So make sure you don't miss it by subscribing in the same place as you found this episode. Episodes of Essex-by-the-Sea drop on the 1st and the 15th of each month. And you can find the podcast across social media as well, so get liking and following on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening.